Hello. Hi, John. Hi, Merlin. How's it going? Hey there. Hey there, Tiger. Ah, buddy. Ah, buddy. Hey, buddy. Hey, little pal. Pal, Ranger. Hey, Ranger. <laughs> I've never said that in my life. Hey, Ranger. <laughs> Oh Ooh. boy! I used hey. to think I used to think that I liked learning things about myself. Um, it's mm-hmm. taken a while for me to realize I do not like learning things about myself. Mm-hmm. Self knowledge is for suckers. Oh yeah, why have it? What's the why point? It's it not helping me? me. It's not helping me at all. No, 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 no. But I, I think I think to myself, you know, like a thing I realized in the last year. This has been documented in the the Wisdom Project. It's you should, why not and say that you've sick, fixed a problem if you don't understand what caused the problem, and you don't, or and or mm-hmm. you don't understand what you did to make it better. Because there's a mm-hmm. lot of times in life where I thought I fixed something, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and I, because I didn't really understand what I was doing, basically I just tried different things until it stopped being broken. Mostly, <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. now now related to that, another thing I don't like learning about myself is uh, I'm not good at things. Oh no, no, that's not. I'm not fishing for compliments. Although that no, would be a no. good show for me to host. <laughs> fishing for compliments. What a great podcast! I'm putting it on the list. I got a running oh, list. Oh, I got man. a running list. Okay, uh, fishing for that's good. Um, fishing for compliments. Yeah, like bowling for dollars, right? Yeah. Hey, boy, I'm really not good at stuff. No, Merlin, oh, John, you're so good at stuff. You're oh, what amazing. are you talking about? That's Think about all the stuff you've done. You're so pretty. Fishing for compliments. <laughs> well, um, so. Yeah. Well, let me ask you. Yeah, please. What was the last time you learned something about yourself that you were pleasantly surprised? Well, that would not be four and a half minutes ago. Okay. For sure. Okay. Oh, no, no. I mean, you know, it's weird. You know, life's not all beer and Skittles, John. Hmm. Beer and Skittles. I don't know what it means either. It's I think it's probably uh-huh. English, but uh-huh. it's like a like a torch or a lorry. But uh, you know, I, I I've liked to think for a lot of my life, as especially as a, as a white man, that like I mm. get a lot, and oh. the older I get, the less I get. But what sure. I get is how much I don't get, which I guess is a form of self knowledge. But I don't prefer it. What did you just learn recently about yourself four minutes ago? Why, why, for example, did I delay the show for 15 minutes, then 20 minutes, and then 30 minutes, yeah. for example? Yeah. I I'm, mean, talking I about the show. I'm talking about the show on the show. I, I, I don't, fuck it. <laughs> I, was, uh, I was reading I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an open uh, wound at this point. <laughs> I was reading a blog about oh. all, of the, uh, all of the unexploded ordnance in uh, no man's land in France and how they've closed off big stretches of it because it's – toxic and explosive and uh, and it got to be <laughs> like <close> the internet <laughs> to, it got to but none of those spots are closed off it got to the point <laughs> to where shout. we were about Woof. to record the show and i was like oh but i'm right in the middle of this blog post about all the old trenches that are filled with bombs and you were like hey can we delay 10 minutes and i was like absolutely in fact i said bien sir you did you did say bien sir i couldn't even tell I if that was spelled sir. right i was so busy being wrong over here with my audio yeah, well, I like and that then, question though because it incur- you're, you're you're being encouraging and you're being positive and mm-hmm, and something mm-hmm. I wouldn't say. What does one say? It's not that you're a negative person. Nope. I, I mean, are you a great man? Yes, you are. <laughs> See, well, I love this new direction I mean, we're taking. Um, <laughs> but being compliments, being, so, I just gave myself one. That's so interesting. Unexploded ordinance because because right before I broke all my audio trying to fix my audio, yeah, QED. 
I was okay. watching. I decided to go on a little bit of a Ken Burns kick. Okay. Uh, I was watching. Uh, it's called The War, which is his okay. World War II documentary. Everybody's got one. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. What opinions, assholes? Um, and World War II documentaries. Sudetenland Scoob. So, so good. what That's did good. you just discover? You just discovered. I mean, broken audio is one thing, but you discovered something about yourself. I, I did. I mean, it's it's discovered. I you know you, you can pick. You don't get to pick what happens to you. You, sometimes you may get to have some input on how you feel about it. Yeah. But you, you If you don't, stay in the bath, Merlin, nothing's yes. going to happen to you. Yeah, that's we why run out of That's why we, I take such long baths. I should take more baths. We have a lot of lead. Um, you know what it is? It's that, I, I don't know, I'm, I'm kidding, but I'm not kidding, but I'm kidding, but I'm not kidding. You know, sometimes it is funny as you get older and maybe you become a little bit more vulnerable or open to the idea that, you know, you're not perfect. You know, like I say, related to the whole, I think I understand things. I was saying to a friend of mine yesterday, uh, this weekend, I've been working on this this audio thing. It's a long story, but yeah, you know, it's funny to me. Um, I was saying this to a friend of mine who makes a lot of the uh, software applications that we podcasters use. And I was saying, it's so funny to me that like, I love so much about what I do. Like who wouldn't like, it's great. I get to, I get to talk and it's not difficult, but it is funny how much of the actual, um, I guess I'll say technology. There's, there's a better word for it, but the stuff behind the stuff that lets me do what I do, how much of it I either, I just simply don't understand or I find to be such a black art. Right, like think about like you obviously have had to learn stuff about like how a recording studio works or you know whatever. But like it's just funny how much I'm just like staring at things about how to record audio, don't understand why I'm getting bleed, all this stuff that most people spend like a year learning before they ever release a single episode. And I just keep using my busted setup until I go, I put on my big boy big boy pants and go, oh, you know what, I'm gonna fix my setup. And then I try to fix my setup, and I have no idea what is happening. And that's that's a kind of self-knowledge I could do without. You're muted. You're still muted. Did you quit the show? Oh, this is a good spot for an ad from, from our friends at Mac Weldon. <coughs> this episode of Roderick on the Line is brought to you in part by Mac Weldon. You can learn more about Mac Weldon right now by visiting macweldon.com slash R-O-T-L. It's no secret we all want to look our best this winter, right? Mac Weldon is the expert when it comes to essential clothing that's perfect for the cold. Whether you need a legit warm shirt or are looking to upgrade your sweats collection, Mac Weldon has exactly what you're looking for. And if that's not convenient enough, let me tell you about Mac Weldon's daily wear system. All the clothes work together for real. So whether you're headed to work, going for a run, or just hanging out on the couch, getting dressed takes no effort at all. Mack Weldon's Ace Sweatshirts and Sweatpants are not your average sweats. They're insanely soft, plus they're nice enough to wear to the store to just cruise around the neighborhood. And if you love the feel of warm clothes but absolutely hate to sweat, Mack Weldon's Warm Knit Collection uses your body temperature to keep you warm without the weight. I'm a big fan of Mack Weldon's stuff. Uh, my everyday go-to, as you might know, is the Pima Long Sleeve T-shirt in true navy, size large. 
Now, now you can get different colors and different sizes, but uh, but you should check them out. Also, you know the sweatpants, the warm knit. Go out and get it; it's the best. So go check out Mac Weldon for yourself. You're going to save twenty percent off your first order. All you have to do is visit macweldon.com/rotl, just like it sounds, rotl, and enter our very special promo code rotl. Mac Weldon, M A C K W E L D O N dot com slash R O T L. Don't forget that promo code R O T L for 20% off. Find your perfect look for this winter. Our thanks to Mac Weldon for supporting Roderick on the Line and all the great shows. We're back. <laughs> yes. Hello. What? You were, John, John, you were, you were muted. I didn't intentionally mute. That was a thing. That was a ghost in the machine. Well, or or Zenyatta Mandata. My, my thing is, uh-huh. I know if I can. <laughs> but talk you were for- talking about the machine, and yeah. then the machine heard you. It was oh. an Alexa moment. Alexa. Oh, John! Stop, stop turning off my my microphone. Well, that's another example is the smart home uh, stuff. But uh, I don't know. I feel like I feel like. Um, yeah, I talk a lot. So, but I well, don't you know, understand when I, how it's re- recorded. When I record with Ken, uh, I have a I have an, a setup, you know, a setup. Now, right now, I don't have. A, I mean, I have a setup right now. I'm sitting on my couch. Yeah. I moved. I moved. I came into the room, and I saw that where I sit on the couch, which is the same place every day, which is to the right end of the couch, I saw that the cushion is starting to have a John shaped. It's got a, it's got a, a, a John shaped divot. A John shaped divot, and I was like, "Oh no, that is not. I am not going to go through this life leaving divots where I sit all the time. That's not. <laughs> that's, that's 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 nice that you have that kind of uh, optimism for no reason. I'm, I'm not. Of I'm you're going to leave divots. You're a divot making machine. No, no, no. So I moved down to the other end of the couch. I'm on the left hand side of the couch. Oh, it's right like now. rotating your tires, but with your butt. Exactly. And I've got my laptop on the couch and then I've got my Apogee Quartet on the coffee table and uh, right next to my copy of David Copperfield. And I am living large. But when I record with Ken, I sit at a table in a proper room. And for the last four months, Ken has been saying, I hear a buzz. And then I go and I play. I got a buzz. I play back the audio. Uh Uh-huh. Ken says, is the buzz on the audio? And I go, yes. And then I, here's what I do. I wiggle everything. I (laughs) gently hit a couple things. And then Ken says, the buzz went away. And I go, good. Oh, like almost like you've got, like I know I've got, I'm going to, see now I'm going to do it, John. Listen to me. Okay, my (laughs) guitar does the thing. Where it sounds like the beginning of somebody who thinks they're Sonic Youth, where you include the sound of plugging in your quarter-inch jack. And yeah. But then yeah. I have to go, and I got to go, I gotta jangle with it, because I got to uh-huh. get the broken weld or whatever in the right place, the solder. I got to fix my solder. That's probably what that uh-huh. is, right? I should go to a solderman. Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's, a, it's a solder. I don't mess around with solder, because I'm oh, the Jesus. world's worst solderer. Huh. You know, the, the thing about I'm the world's worst is, super gluer, so maybe we should start a yeah. shop. You know, that's another podcast. The world's worst super glue. I'm writing it down. Fishing for compliments. Oh yeah, world's worst super glue. Why are you talking about topics this week? I've got a broken lamp, and all it needs to be is super glued. And I look at it every day, and I go, "Not today, super glue." Ooh, I made some magnets. I had the presence of mind when I um, I had too many keyboards, especially keyboards that didn't work. But I had the presence of mind to pry off a bunch of keys from my old keyboard, and I wanted to make magnets. 
So I got some tiny rare earth magnets to put on the back of my keys and a little dollop of, uh, of, you know, super style glue. Super style glue. It's everywhere. Everywhere. It's on my fingers. It's on, it's on. (laughs) Luckily, again, because I know, I know enough to know what I don't know. I know. Huh. I put down, uh, I'm on one of those pads. I have those hobby pads. Hobby pad. You know, it's like when you see a douchebag YouTube video, somebody's painting their miniatures or they're cutting. It's it's basically a cutting mat. It's yeah, they got a, cool got a cutting grid. mat, hobby pad. But hobby, hobby pad, hobby, hobby pad, cutting mat. Um, uh, about a hundred dollars. I, I, uh, I did that, but I get it everywhere. You don't like to, yeah. you don't like to glue, huh? You got, you got a little, you got what, like a, like the letter six, uh, <laughs> glued to your head now. Oh. It's like my daughter. Uh-huh. I'm like, how did you get yogurt on your eyelid? <laughs> Why does your eyelid say escape? <laughs> Shut up. Uh, I cannot. Uh, the thing about soldering is. This is, and I've, that's, I've been told this a thousand times. It's all about economy. You use the least amount of solder you can. Oh, that's to smart. It's like cornstarch. That's so and smart. I, and I think that's true of super glue too. Yeah. And yeah, I yeah. am a more is more guy. You're I using use the, more than you think is the thing. I put way more solder on there than I need, and then it's like it's it actually is worse. It actually at this point is a, it's more solder than pot. It's that's right. More solder than pot, and it's worse. It works worse, Lee. Not po- not not worser. a pot, like not a potentiometer, but like I guess like a jack, a jack receiver. All that stuff. I can't solder it, and I just and I'll you know what? I throw it away. And a lot of that stuff comes when you buy it at Guitar Center. Yeah, they say this has a lifetime guarantee. Uh huh. And you're like, ah, I know it doesn't. And they're like, no, no, no. I swear it does. Uh-huh. And I'm like. I know for a fact this cable does not. And if you take it back to Guitar Center, they're like, "Oh, you have to send that back to the company yourself." Like, we can't, you can't bring it back here. And I'm like, "So here's your lifetime everything's, guarantee." Everything's a jam up. Right up your butt is what it is. That's where it goes. That's the jack holder. Um, yeah. yeah um, solder podcast names. Um, wait, what? Were we, oh, so yeah. Um, yeah, more solder than man. Um, I don't know. I just I'm learning I, stuff about myself right now that feels not bad. Well, see, that, it's a fun. It's a funny feeling. It's an um, an uncomfortable feeling because, like, yeah. I usually hate. I used to. Well, I don't love being wrong. I would say in a lot of instances, I hate being wrong. And yeah. what do they call it? The um, the blowback effect. Like sometimes, the more wrong I am, the more mad I am that you told me I'm wrong. But yeah. there is something to going like, oh, that's kind of actually a good feeling. I might be less fucked up if I learn from this rather than being mad that I have to change a little bit. I just recently I have been experiencing the sensation of I was wrong. I was wrong. You were wrong. I was wrong about elections in Georgia. I was wrong about elections in Georgia. Oh. I was wrong about things. Right. And, and if you, and if you is, do that a lot, it hurts less. Well, yeah, and 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 recently, I don't know. There's something that's changed in me where I am willing to have been wrong about things. What the I fuck are you talking? Are you okay? Who is this? Well, I know I was wrong about certain things, and a lot of those things I was wrong about myself. Wow, I'm so proud of you. I mean, I, it sounds condescending, but like that takes a that takes a lot of. I don't know. Remember one time you said you think you might have a surplus of dignity. Like yeah. it, but oh, it sure. takes a different, <laughs> takes a different kind of <laughs> dignity <laughs> to go. Like I still have, <laughs> I still have integrity as a person mostly, and like it's like I'm not diminished by not always being right. Well, and having been wrong about things, 
You don't having, ask you what the thing you realized you were wrong about is. Well, yeah. Having been wrong about myself okay. is, is something because I'm so hard on myself that in yes, that, that is that, true. That it's weird to have been wrong about yourself and have that be actually like a lightning, a, 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 a lifting of, of a weight because I was wrong about myself. I thought that I needed this or I thought I was this way and that way I felt was immutable and I could never – there was nothing I could do about that. Mm-hmm. And to have that – to have it actually be like you were wrong, which is a – which is a thing I say to myself all the time as a, as a cut down, but to have it be in the, uh, a revelation in terms of like, Oh, wait a minute, I'm doing this thing right now that I didn't think I could do that. I thought I would never do. I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. And, and hmm. it's how, how recently do you feel like this? Uh, I mean, w- w- was there a particular thing that made you realize this and then realize it or like this is recent? Oh, it's all happening just very recently. Okay. The hardest one is, has always been, I am just a man, a simple Just, just as God made you, sir. I'm just as God made me, sir. But I, but habits, sitting and making a divot on the couch, doing the same thing every day, having mm. dinner at six, being regular is not bad. It's not negative. It's not it a failure. Because at a time in life, that really feels like, remember the terrible thing people used to say all the time, like, you know, if you can't be good at or successful at this one thing, you know, well, I think the phrase is people say, those, those who can do, those who can't teach. Yeah. Like, and which is, I think, the older I get, the more awful that sounds to me. Because whether or not it's true, it's a ridiculous disservice to the majority of people who are working their ass off for almost no money being teachers. But you, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, the. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't feel like a fallback position. It doesn't feel like a safety school. Well, and and I don't know if that makes sense, but but yeah, but but I I always 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 thought that if I did something once, it was a mistake. If I did it twice, it was jazz. If I did it three <laughs> times, it was the new melody. <laughs> Right, and if I did it four times, it was starting to get stale, and five times it was a cliche. Mm-hmm. And so, <laughs> I never did anything five times. You, you order different. Let me just a review for our listeners off the dome. You, you and your, you and your mom like taking uh, uh, different routes to go places. You rarely right. take the same route twice to go anywhere. I don't even say right. it the same way twice. Right. And you like you row 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 Reggie. Or you like to um you like to uh, order something different. Even if it's awesome. a restaurant you like, you tend to get if you have a favorite food like the green noodle place. I'll bet you still try different things there. Gotta this is part of your thing. Cranberry sauce. It's no. It's a no. No. I buried Paul. Cranberry it's, it's sauce. Cranberry sauce. <laughs> Missing this. And it's a, it's a grandfather left you. <laughs> what is that King Lear? What what do they do in Revolution Number Nine? They do like yeah, it's, uh, King, it's King Lear, I think. King Lear. Yeah. Uh huh. Turn me on, dead man. But, uh, but it's a good uh, show. It's a good episode. But the problem is that also extended to relationships, right? Like when I was dating somebody, mm-hmm. and I went over to her house on Tuesday, and I went over to her house on Wednesday. Even if we were, even if I would go over there and we would kiss, <laughs> you wear different disguises. No, no. By Thursday, <laughs> I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa! I've been over to your house two days. Like I, oh, we gotta yeah. like have a day. Where I, where I don't go over to your house. And she would go, why is that true? 
why wouldn't you come to my house three days in a row? And I would go, well, the third day, I mean, the second day, it's jazz. The third day, it's, I mean, we're uh, starting new, to write a it, we, I don't know. If, I think you're making a jazz reference. You're making like a Louis Armstrong reference. The third one is it's the new sound. It's the new melody. Oh, it's the new melody. Okay. And, you know, and, and I'm improving, right? Like you don't get, you don't, you don't repeat the same melody. And this was an idea I had about myself. Oh, no, no, no. You've had that, as far as you know, you've had that for a real long time. Forever. Like through through right. adult life, right? Through adult life. And uh-huh. I had developed it at some point as a, as a kid or a teenager. Like, wait a minute, you can't, you can't walk the same way to school every day because even if it's the fastest way, even if you've determined it's the fastest way, at least when you come to that tree, you have to go around the other side of it today because what's over there? What uh-huh. if you go around the other side of it and there's a leprechaun with a pot of gold? Is it a quick qu- question quickly? Um, the is it? I think I know the answer to this. Is it? Is it? Is it that trying, feeling the need to do different things feels right, or is it more that my guess repeating yourself is wrong? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 that. So, like, so part of it is a, a quest for novelty or for new experiences because you're a seeker, you seek. But like a part of it is like, and then what is the negative feeling that you associate with in your mind repeating yourself? Like, what do you, you feel like you're played? Like you're kind of lame? No, like how do that, you feel? That it's soft. Uh huh. That 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 that. Oh, well, you're not dig- testing yourself. Yeah, that digging a rut, that making a um, that making a trail. A divot. You're making a divot. Is, you know, it's it's right there in uh, you know I you know two roads diverged in a wood, and I took the one less traveled by Merlin. It's right there in the poem. Mm. And in the, in the end, it, uh, that is choose made all the not difference. to decide. You still have made a choice. That's that's right. <laughs> that's right. So that's right. It, there's nothing. There's nothing in the <laughs> Neil world. Neil Peart is a great drummer, but he might but be Neil the smartest. He might be the smartest dumb guy in the world. Neil Peart has said it all. He's said it all already. Yeah. I've been listening to a lot of Peter Tosh recently. He's Peter Tosh has said it all, but he only he only uses like eleven words in any song. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's like that's that, and there's the chorus. But that's a lot of our best music. That's also that's kind of like it's Andrew WK in some ways. That's mm. the Ramones, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So so recently, the last two weeks, I have been at ten o'clock. Looking at my timepiece and saying, "You pull out your waistcoat." I, I pull my timepiece like out of my waistcoat. Frog. I, I put my monocle in, <laughs> and I say, "Hmm, it's ten o'clock. Uh-huh. I should be getting ready for bed." As previously referenced on previously on Roderick on the line, you mentioned that you were going to bed earlier and more regularly. I think as recently as last last week. Yes. Now, one month ago, at four o'clock in the morning. Uh-huh. I would look at my timepiece. That's your timepiece with your monocle. And I would say, oh, boy. <laughs> Do I really have to go to bed? It's four in the morning. <laughs> this you, again. You have to get up at 10. And every second you stay awake now is eating away at your precious sleep, which you need to live. And then at five in the morning, I would be like, you have to get up at 10 a.m. What are you doing to your every every night? I would say this for years. It's four thirty in the morning. My God, man, have some have some self love. Mm-hmm. And now for the last what three weeks maybe at ten o'clock p.m. I I pull my timepiece out and I go, Ugh, time for bed. 
And what that means is I've been waking up between seven and eight in the morning of my, you just wake up your eyes open and you look around and you go, huh, I'm awake. And that, and then you look at your timepiece which is there on your on your nightstand next to your pitcher of water you, and you your put, bed. You put in your, mor- your morning monocle <laughs> next to your wash and, bowl with your flannel mm-hmm. that you use. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. take my, my sleeping cap off. <laughs> Blow out your hurricane lamp. <laughs> and I go, ah, I huh. have slept for eight hours. <laughs> and it is morning. And I get up and I, and I pad in my stocking feet, my little pointy-toed uh, slippers. With the little tassel on the end <laughs> of the visit, toe, visit from Saint John, <laughs> and I pat my my uh, my uh-huh. little jewel uh-huh. encrusted tortoise, and I walk uh, <laughs> and I go I have my morning ablutions, and I call them that out loud. Ah, some, my morning some, ablution. Do you sometimes take a morning constitutional? I don't. I don't. Because that, that'll I've help. Had... That'll help you avoid uh, the grip and dropsy. <laughs> And rickets. Mm-hmm. It does. It does. I go into the kitchen. I make a coffee. And it doesn't feel like one of those – it doesn't feel like that kind of labor where it's like it's 10 you're not waking, 50, you're not. If I could say it sounds like you're not waking up with uh, fearful dread, guilt, and no, self-loathing no. as much. None of those. Mm-hmm. And so – and this particular thing, not only have I uh, – have I believed for decades was impossible for me to do, mm-hmm. but I've also equated it with everything that I don't want in life. I've equated it with being regular. Huh. I've equated it with mid-century modern architecture. I've equated it with Republican Party politics. New Yorker, New Yorker t- uh, tote bag. When I wake up, when on those many, 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 many thousands of times that I have been awake at six in the morning. Or seven in the morning and mm-hmm. out in the streets trying to find my way back home. And I've seen the people mm-hmm. bustling, those bustlers. They bustle. And I look at them and, and, and they I don't, go. They don't seem to mind it. I mean, they're not always oh. happy. But like, I don't know how you have a necktie on and you're on public transportation at 8 a.m. Like, I, I can do it like for jury duty or the occasional job. But boy, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. But I, I mean, now this is this is this sounds unkind. It's maybe it's one of the reasons I I I, I don't like neckties and necktie culture. But mm. it is that I'm like, man, I really don't want that. I don't want to be stuck in that. Like you're up because you're trying to find your way home. Yeah. But like th- this, I mean, it's like um, I don't know. I think of that Jackson Brown lawyers in love video. You just imagine lines of people, <laughs> almost like something from a Monty Python sketch. Just all people with the same briefcase and bowler hat, like walking in lockstep. You know, Pink Floyd. Back style. on the chain, gang. I've written but, that song on three different occasions. That's the oh, but sure. that you can right see there. that and go like, oh, that's not for me. Like not I'm, for me. Yeah, you're you're reinventing yourself uh, every day. But it's all about all the things that I didn't want to be, all the ways that I I couldn't. And the thing is that that's what happened. It became I couldn't. I couldn't do that. I could never do it. And as time it went on, it impossible. You said, yeah. And I was I was broken by the lack of sleep. I was broken by my by all of my like ways that I couldn't. It's, it wasn't just conform that I couldn't even conform to my own. Uh, my own needs, my bodily needs. I was fighting myself every mm-hmm. day, fighting, fighting, fighting every need. And and I and I and I be, and I and I trained myself to believe it about myself. 
so that I felt cursed. But like, you weren't. But you weren't happy, or I don't know if happy is the right word. But it seems to me that you had an ongoing. You still had friction in your life because some. It sounds like some voice in your head would say when you when you put on your night monocle and pick up your timepiece, you go, "Oh, it's ten o'clock," or whatever, or more likely, it's three thirty. Yeah, and then, but like you still felt a sense of like. I mean, it's a, I mean this as a question. What did you you didn't feel like? Oh well, this is just how I am and what I do. Never. You still felt a sense of like I I should and do feel bad about this, right? Yeah, because I wanted to live in a twenty seven hour day. I wanted to stay up until four, sleep eight hours, and wake up in time to be part of the world. <laughs> and basically, to, wanted to be like sixteen on summer vacation. Yeah, well, no, I mean, in the, also, sen- in the sense of like your body can take anything, and each yes. day is a nearly full reset, which is for me yes. is absolutely not the case anymore. There's just too much continuity in my life. There is a dawn that is uh, made by God, and there is a dusk. And in Seattle, the dawn and dusk in January, it's pretty tight. <laughs> you know, it's like mm-hmm. eight o'clock. 30 in the morning is the dawn and right, right, right. 445 at night is the dusk. And it's just, and it, it's not the dawn and the dusk are not social constructs. The bowler hat people did not put the dawn. I mean, daylight savings time, notwithstanding, they did not put the dawn where they wanted it to try and frustrate me. Oh, they've just learned to accommodate the dawn and the dusk like most adults yeah, do. Yeah, the dawn, the dawn is there, the dusk is there, you choose. You get they, to they choose. Don't get, they don't get mad at either. They don't much. get mad. Mm-hmm. Or, or, I mean, there are... Or disappointed there are, in themselves about the relationship with <laughs> exactly. dusk Exactly. Yeah. There are billions of people where the dawn and the dusk have no bearing on how they feel about themselves. Oh, my and, God. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> For I mean, me, insert dawn or dusk with like a million things. Oh my god! Imagine things. if I were not affected by things. Oh my! If god. I were not affected by things, right? The fact that the Earth is there and holds us up every day is not a personal attack or a front. And every day for my entire adult life, I have opened my eyes, and the first, my first thought is, where am I in relation to dawn? How much have I used already? How much have I squandered? How much mm-hmm. have I squandered? How much do I have left? You know, I have so much less left than others before the dark. And the so you're dark, kind of always behind in some ways. Always. I mean, always. is that fair to say? Is that feeling? Always. Because yeah. you know how it is when you, like when your you pa- sleep Your paper is constantly overdue, even though there's not really a paper. Y- your paper is overdue. You got to get to the bank. You get there, oh, it closed 10 minutes ago. Okay. You got to get to the, oh, the the model train store closes at four because those guys are in bed by eight. You know, how are you ever going to get a model? How are you ever even going to start building your model train? You can't get, oh, also they're closed Mondays, Tuesdays, and Wednesdays. What do you ever, how are you ever going to make it? How do you make it? And I, and I always. How do you keep it all straight? I mean. And I live in the dark. I live in this dark world full of vampires. There's nobody else there. We don't like Semi, each other. Semi-permanent dusk. It's like, it's like, it's like alcoholics. They don't, it, what, you, you get done drinking. You say, I'm not going to drink anymore mm-hmm. because, because alcoholics are assholes. And then you get out into the world of alcoholics or you get out into the world of normals. Yeah. And you're like, I'm a normal now. It's clear right away you're not a normal. 
Mm. I can't hang with these normals. You end up only finding solace with other alcoholics who have stopped drinking, and they're the worst people. Absolutely, that's, that, that's how you end up with a George W. Bush. They're the worst. Yeah. I mean, that guy. Forget it. Forget yeah. about it. My baby's nice. Any, anyway, I wake up in the morning, and the first conflict of every day, which is how much have I squandered? <laughs> how mad just, should I be? How disappointed should I be in myself? How how disappointed should I be in myself? It's, is that isn't that fair though? Isn't that kind of how you feel? Like absolutely, and oh, it's off no. the table. It's gone because I wake up and I look out, and the sun is coming up, and I go. What am I, a farmer? Yes. <laughs> I am a farmer. You're a farmer of the mind. <laughs> I'm a farmer. Yeah, the farmer gets up at, yeah, the farmer has already had pancakes by this hour, he's, but leave him aside. He's already had two different kinds of biscuits, and he's not yeah. mad at the sun. No, he's out there. He's out there he's feeding. He's out there turning the, his okra or whatever. He's feeding the whatevers. He's out in his corn. There's people, uh, there's little, little critters out there that are also getting up because, and getting up uncomplicatedly. The, the the little things that are waking up at the doesn't at dawn seem. I mean, let's summarize it. Doesn't seem hard. This hard for anybody else. So I look out and I go, oh, and I get up and I and the coffee doesn't feel like, uh, oh, I gotta get this coffee in me before I talk to Merlin. So halfway through the show, I start to be able to think. Yeah. Like instead, mm. the coffee is a little bit of a, a joy, a treat. It's like, oh, it's morning. I can have a coffee. Hey, what do you know about them apples? It's interesting. And it's almost like you don't feel, I, I don't know if this is fair, accurate, anything, but like it, it seems to apply to a lot of things. I remember at one point in life, I uh, probably in the 90s, when ADHD was first becoming like a big topic, and they described kids who have this, unlike me, have the, the H part is a primary struggle for them, the hyperactivity, if you like. And they say, you know, it's like, it's like you're being driven by a motor and like, you don't know there's a motor and you don't know how to turn it off and it's not making you happy. And sometimes that's very valuable for me to realize. It's like, I'm right now I'm acting like a person who's being driven by a motor and it's not making me happy. Do you know what I mean? Is it mm-hmm. kind of that feeling of like, there's something pushing me like all the time, like go, go, push, push, go, go. And like, who is this asshole? And why does he keep pushing me? What's his deal? Yeah, What's this guy's deal? Fucking chill out, man. So there are 30 things in a day that I still chastise myself about. Like, right. like Disappoint- yesterday. Yeah. yeah, yesterday at 2 o'clock in the <laughs> afternoon, I was like, hey, you haven't had any food today. Why don't you have some food? And I was like, huh, what do you know? And I went and <laughs> How'd you I get pulled this number? Out, Who are you? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> I went and I pulled out some Trader Joe's chicken parmesan out of the mm. freezer. Mm. And I cooked it. And I, and I, and I, pl- I, I plated it. And I, oh, you played it. Huh. I played it. I went out to my dining room <laughs> table. You a fancy Duchess? <laughs> I, I sure am. I, <laughs> I am your a time fancy pieces in your plating. <laughs> and I plated my food, and I went out, and I sat alone at my at my dining room table that seats six, and I started to eat it. And about halfway through, I said, "Oh, wait! This is one of those miserable bachelor meals. I'm sitting at an empty dining room table, eating a a frozen parmesan." And it's not very good. And I had, oh, it was one of those where I microwaved it and then I went and sat down and I took a bite and the, and the middle of it was cold and oh, I had to get up geez. and re-microwave it. It's punishment and, food. And I was like, that's what I felt. I felt like, yeah. oh, this is, this is uh, bad. Mm-hmm. And, and it's not the worst. I've eaten, mm-hmm. I've eaten way worse. I've been way sadder. I've sat at much larger tables but you, you're alone. You're totally at, at liberty 
not totally, but you're largely at liberty to make a whole host of decisions about your life, especially at that given time. Maybe less so when you're like eight or nine years old, but you're, you're a grown-ass man that has a freezer. You probably got chili in there somewhere. You could have whatever, but what you've chosen for yourself, but it sounds like the important part is you caught it. You noticed it and went, what, have, what is this? What was this decision? I noticed it, and and I still feel like, hmm, it is true that there are no fresh fresh vegetables in this meal or anything fresh. It is true that I have chosen this because it's the path of least resistance. Am I capable – if I'm capable of getting up at 8 o'clock in the morning or 7.30 even, mm-hmm. am I capable of – Eating better than this on my own, where I'm not performing for someone by I eating. I love a the vegetable. tone of this, John. This is so different from the tone that you've. This isn't too personal, but it strikes me that for years the tone has been much more the of your. What do you want to call it? The voice, the monologue, whatever. The tone has been much more like, "What the fuck is your problem? Why are you so bad at everything? Why have you disappointed your family? And like, why do you think you deserve anything better than than cold, frozen food?" Yeah, that combined with resignation, like slumped shoulders over oh, the over right. the parmesan. Well, like, like as with the sleep stuff. Well, I guess this is just how I am. This is me. This is this is yeah. as good as I deserve, and as <laughs> and as much as I'm capable of. Yeah. And so I don't know. Like a, a couple of times in the last, well, a couple three four times in the last three weeks. I have gotten derailed. I've looked at the I've looked at my timepiece and it's been one o'clock in the morning. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. How did I get here? How did I get to one o'clock in the morning? And in every instance, the answer is my phone. My phone has taken me here. Yeah. My phone has brought me here because I was looking at World War One unexploded ordinance, or I was, you know, who knows what. Following some dumbass thing, I made the mistake of reading the news. And the news, every time you read the news, it's like, this white girl went missing. Or, listen to what Trump said today. I know. Or. Just constantly keeping you off balance. It's awful. And then, Mm -hmm. for some some reason. Here's your your update on on the thing you didn't know to be more scared of today. I, I must have clicked on something that was like, did you know how Eddie Van Halen tuned his guitar? And now my phone, through the through the portal of Google News, mm-hmm. thinks that every day I want to hear what Ted Nugent said about Eric Clapton. I, that same thing happened to me, where Google News thinks I always want to know updates on what to eat and how to attend Disney theme parks. And I keep clicking the dongus that says show fewer articles like this. I, that's how. That's my only source of exercise at this point is muting people on Twitter and saying. And, and then I. But today, for example, I got one that's like I think it was the New York Times. Maybe it was like here's why I finally broke up with the Beatles, or like here's why everybody Blah. should hate John Mulaney. And it's Blah. like, oh, I know you're doing a turns out and you're doing the thing. You're doing the classic like. BuzzFeed Gawker blog thing of like, look at me, I'm a contrarian, or am I? Yeah. Fuck yeah, off. Yeah, yeah. Right. Just right. Keep, keep, keep hitting that dongus. I just don't, I don't know what, but then, but then whose fault is that? That I'm even there and seeing the dongus. It's like, what Thank the fuck you. am I doing reading Google News? What am I going to do differently today when I learn about Eric Clapton's vaccine stamps? Thank you. Ugh. Right. Like, I have gone 
40 years of my life not caring what Ted Nugent thinks. Mm-hmm. And I saw Ted Nugent one time. My huh. friend and I were, were downtown and we were baked. And we were walking around. It was the middle of the day. Oh, you mean you literally around. saw him? We're, st- we're stoned. Walking, it's the middle of winter. We're walking downtown in Anchorage. I don't know doing what. There's nothing to do walking around in Anchorage. But when you're stoned, yes. everything is amazing. It's a, it's, a, it's a journey. We're walking along. We go past the convention center, which at the time was new, newly built on Fifth Avenue in Anchorage. We're walking past it, and there are a bunch of dudes, and it's very clearly a bunch of – it's like some kind of sober event. And the way you can tell a sober event in Alaska is all these dudes that look so haggard, but they're not presently ha- – they look so haggard that they are they look always drunk. Yeah, I've heard – one phrase for that I've heard uh, – I sometimes find myself thinking it. Yeah, he looks like he's been road hard and hung up wet. Road hard and hung up wet. Yeah. But when you see a group of 50 people that look always drunk, but clearly none of them are drunk – you have to say, well, this has got to be a sober event because this group of guys. <laughs> There's my people. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yes. like the only time you would yeah, see this you many can, guys. You've got a special uh, eye for that probably. I do. I do. Yeah. And so I walk up to this group and I'm – what am I? I'm, I'm in high school. Mm-hmm. And I say to this little gaggle of guys at the – oh, and also these guys would never be at the convention center. Like the two worlds never collide. Even though – they would all be on Fourth Avenue. This is Fifth Avenue, hmm. and in in Anchorage, the oh, distinction, as in like in town for a convention. Yeah, that kind of place. Okay, but like the difference between Fourth Avenue and Fifth Avenue in Anchorage is like the difference between Washington D.C. and Baltimore. It couldn't be. They couldn't be further apart. One block. And I say to a guy, "What's going on?" Huh. And he says, "Ted Nugent is playing." <laughs> and so. My hmm. friend Peter and I were like, well, and we walked, marched right in, marched into one of those big convention rooms, which is like all the folding chairs, all, all facing what today would be a PowerPoint demonstration. Wait but in a this minute. Case, so he was like the entertainment for a corporate event? For a sober event. Oh, because he famously th- is against well, one against way drugs. that he's like Frank Zappa. I think he's kind of famously against drugs, correct? Against drugs. He's in what, favor. Why, why do you think they call it dope anyway? <laughs> he's hmm. in favor of marrying thirteen-year-olds, but he's against drugs. Well, and, you got to make an honest girl over. <laughs> and it's a thing where the stage is two feet high. Oh no! Right, because so this it's is you're for, talking about in the eighties or nineties. It's this is nineteen eighty-seven. Oh, theater. The stage is two feet high. The the room is lit with fluorescent lights. Oh and, no! And there's a you know this was meant for somebody to stand up there and go employee of the month is yeah we want to talk about some of our needle moving new projects. So we walk in and there are hundreds of dudes in big overcoats that they got for free from the pipeline, uh, and just like bleh. and they're all kind of sitting on these a sober folding chairs. Event. Yeah, but nobody's really looking at the stage. They're all kind of just like, <laughs> and so we, we, these two high school kids, we walk all the way up to the front row. We walk right to the stage. He just waltzed in high because there's, and we're we're fucking stoned, oh, and there's yeah. nobody in the first couple of rows because 
because it's mm. because it's every single zone at, for the every single one of these six hundred <laughs> dudes were the guys that never sat in the front row of class, right? They Wango, just, they, tango, I'm getting wet today. <laughs> they walk into a room like this and they're like, uh-huh. I can't, you know, I'm not going to sit in the front. They're all the people that hang hang in the back. They've been to Everyone. meetings. They know they know that out of nowhere somebody might ask them some questions or, oh, yeah, or you don't to sh- share their learnings. Yeah. So we sit down in the front seat, the front row. And the the backing band is already there, and they're clearly this sounds like so a dream. Cool. This sounds so, so much like a dream, the, it, and it's totally a dream. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't believe it either. Uh-huh. But there were there was a bar out in Spinard in Anchorage called Mister White Keys Flying Circus or something, and Mister White Keys was a guy in in Anchorage who was like a. Um, he was like a, a Weird Al, or a, a, who was who was the guy that Weird Al learned all his tricks from? Alan Sherman. He had a radio show. Oh, uh, oh, 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 like the Dr. Demento? Mr. Dr. Demento. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mr. White Keys was a Dr. Demento. Mr. Every White week, Keys, huh? Mr. White Keys. So Every he plays only major, he major, major, uh, um, major key songs. He's a little more complicated than that. But okay, he would, fair. He would write a show, <laughs> and he had a cast of like- Did he do parody songs, or like- Absolutely. And they oh, were all yeah. about Alaska. Oh, no, John. And it was a big thing in Anchorage. You would go out to see Mr. White Keys. Mr. White Keys, okay. And his shows would be like contemporary. Like he'd talk about, well, last week in the legislature, a guy said he... We, no oh, so it's a little bit of that Mark, what's his name guy, the, the, the PBS music comedian who does topical songs, you know, debt limit, debt limit, or whatever, right? Right. And then the but about Alaska. Comics, would uh-huh. come out and do like a show uh, where they're singing along to like I'm in the legislature and you can't have any gold and then what? you know and the other person would be like wah da 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 I don't even remember and they would dress sometimes like salmon they you know they had like a I like feel a hat like I a- have somebody slipped something in my seltzer. Are you sun- shitting oh, me? Weird glasses and costumes and feather boas. And people and like it? People like Mr. White Keys? In the 80s, there was no hotter ticket in Anchorage. It's no a- hotter ticket. You know, like you hear that term, that, that disparaging term. Uh, I've used this about myself. But it's like, oh, like, oh, um, I mean, I'm going to refer to women here. But we say, oh, she's like a Sarasota 7. Or oh, yeah, like, Sarasota 7. You know what I mean? Or whatever. Or you would say, so So he's like, he's like an Alaska 8. Like maybe a, not in LA, maybe not so much. He's not going to be at the whiskey, but Mr. No. White Keys is killing it on the Alaska circuit, right? This was a big show. It was a review because it was contemporary. It felt like mm-hmm. it was teasing. Sure, and, that, that's you know, some, that is some effort. Yeah, he seemed smart, even though he was wearing a uh, a top hat and a bow tie that squirted. Uh, that squirted like water out of it. Like you can't get rid of those cars. He had a top hat and tails, except uh-huh. maybe they had Christmas lights <laughs> sewed into them <laughs> and people ate this shit up. So we, we sit down in the front row and we look up and the backing band that's already on stage is Mr. White keys and his band. You instantly recognize it's Mr. White. Keys oh, yeah, I've band. seen Mr. White keys show several times. Cause because uh, never with my own parents, because my own parents were like Mr. White Keys, but my girlfriend's parents would take me to Mr. White Keys, and they would laugh themselves stupid watching this show. Oh my gosh! So I'd seen it, and I'm like, "Holy shit! It's you Mr. Know, so White just Keys!" Been, like, and rubbing his gang. your hands together, like, "Here we go!" 
but he, but Mr. White Keys is not in his tux and tails. He's dressed as a like a rock person, which I had never seen before, and it was like seeing like Captain a Halloween Kangaroo. rock and roll dad. Yeah, it was like seeing Captain Kangaroo on the street wearing jeans. It was just oh, like, no, thank you. Who the fuck are you? That's wild. He but you could tell. Suit. <gasps> you could tell it was Mr. Wikey's. And then out a side door, up onto the two foot tall That's right. Comes Nugent with his guitar, his real guitar, and the band launches into Great White Buffalo. Wow. And it was the most searing Great White Buffalo I'd ever seen. It was eight minutes long. Nugent's all over the place. Mr. White Keys and his band are killing it. And I mean, we're baked. Uh Uh-huh. But we are just like head blown back. You're very brave to to, to sit there in the front row, in this room, lit the way. There's so much about this that would be a red flag for me, setting aside the Nuge. I really admire, I'm not kidding, I admire your ability to do this. This was the, Peter and I used to sneak into strip clubs. By pulling this is where you saw hat. Lola, right? Yeah, that's right. By pulling, and I was with Peter, pulling yeah. our hats down low and drawing a little, like little ink pen mustache on. You know, this was like <laughs> not even the, not even in the top ten. Where, how did you get there? Kind of things, but it was just the, the fact of it. Nugent in the middle of the day in a convention center sober party, with Mr. White Keys's band, and then. At the, the end fabulous of spam Buffalo. tones. Well, yeah, the spam. Yeah. Oh, that was the other thing. John, John he's, got a, wiki, he's got a Wikipedia entry, and I didn't want to look because I didn't know if he was real. <laughs> but I'm learning about the Fly By Night Club. Oh, I'm the Fly By about, Night Club. There it is. And they sang about spam. They had like just a to our listeners, hit. John, John did, not, did not make this up. No, no, no. They had spam and salmon and uh, all these things. It was a whole universe. Spam and salmon. <laughs> spam and salmon. <laughs> <laughs> and and then Nugent got done with this tune, and we were just like, we just saw the greatest thing in our lives. And then he gave a five-minute long speech about how he never once in his life used drugs because drugs are for losers. Mm-hmm. And he's saying this to a bunch of guys who have only not been on drugs for 16 hours. And it's the he does not get it. He does not read the room. It is, this is not about how cool Ted Nugent is for never having done drugs. This is about all these dudes just fresh off the street. And he's like, drugs, man. Am I right? Drugs are for losers because, mm. you know, I never did drugs. Drugs fucking suck. And I can tell you what. Wow. <laughs> and so we watched this whole show. It and was only. He knew, what he, he knew where he was. And this yeah. was, and he, was he giving what he perceived to be like a pep talk or yes. almost like an award ceremony? Like you, you, each of you was the best vacuum cleaner salesman in your district. Like he's giving a right. congratulatory speech. It's a congratulatory speech because they're not on dr- These guys are sober now. And, <clears throat> and so, you know, they're like, today is the, the dawn of a brand new day, except that his whole take on it. It's like, you know, one of the, I stopped seeing my psychiatrist recently because my psychiatrist uh, my psychiatrist, he's a medical doctor, as mm-hmm. is true of all psychiatrists, but he met his wife when they were interns, you know, when they were internists or whatever, when they were in oh, residence. Oh, I, I, I know somewhere. what you mean, when they were uh, like residents? Residents, thank uh-huh. you. And, <clears throat> my uh, wife works with residents, that's the only reason I know the word. 
there you go. And she was a doctor and they fell in love. What are they? 24 maybe. And they got married and they had three kids and they live in a beautiful house and they ski on the weekends and they're very healthy. But he, he, uh, his practice of talk therapy involved him replying to me when I would say, yeah, you know, I stay up all night and I, I never go to my girlfriend's house more than three days in a row because it feels like I'm getting into some, it feels like I'm making a divot on her couch and who wants to do that? Mm -hmm. And he would say, well, you know, one thing you might try is marrying your high school sweetheart when you're 24. Because oh, that really worked no. for me. He's like the guy who uh, runs a place and only makes food the way he likes it. Yeah. He and then charges you like world. $400 an hour. He doesn't have any idea of another universe. Oh, gross. that's the one he lived in and that's oh, John, the one. I don't blame you. Oh, yeah. No. And he, the thing is, he's a nice guy and he mm. was the one that, that, that treated my bipolar. But it's the difference between a psychiatrist and a psychologist. I thought you were a lady's lady doctor. The one who got you all fixed up with all your things. Oh well, she was a she was my MD, but she said very unceremoniously one day I was sitting in there saying like, "Well, here's another thing that I uh, want to argue with you about, and then you can tell me what the real thing is because I trust you now." Mm -hmm. And she said, "I am uh, leaving private. I'm leaving my practice. Whoa, because I've been appointed to head up." The Swedish hospital, uh, uh, what, uh, uh, weight clinic. So not weight loss, but... It's, a, it's about becoming patient? It's about weight, W-E-I-G-H-T, in some ways. Oh, some I see. I thought of, you were, it was a different kind of weight, different kind of patients. No, it's huh. like being, being weighed. I don't know. She's uh -huh. heading up a department, and she's that sounds made up, John. I, I would say, I won't you give that yeah. another try and just tell me the truth? Just say you don't like me. Just say. Just it. tell me the truth. Just, right? just tell me the truth. But all of a sudden, I was without a doctor again, and I was yeah. like, I don't want to be out of. You know, you're you're in your fifties. You should be my doctor until we're both in our eighties. And she was like, No, yeah, they man, shouldn't I be got, allowed to quit like that. That's not. I cool. got other shit to do, and I was like, like I've been abandoned by retires, so many doctors. If your mechanic retires, when our mechanic retired, you know. Because uh, we we finally found a mechanic that we liked, and I told you about this yeah. guy. The guy's amazing, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I, he's very much the model for what I want in a doctor, right? This is the guy who famously says stuff like, "Well, he, he has like three classes of things. He's like, here's the stuff that I will not let you drive away without fixing. Here's the stuff that uh, you're you're definitely gonna want to replace, like that timing belt, and then here's some nice to haves, you know. Yeah, there but, you go. But we never got a lecture. We never got a lecture. And then, you know, he got eye surgery and then he retired and he sold the place. But I said, Hakuna Matata. Good for you, Hakuna Jerry. Matata. Also, our mechanic was a gay man, which I thought was kind of cool. That is nice. My, it's nice my, to meet my, like a 65-year-old gay man who gets his eyes fixed and then retires. I'm, I'm all about that. he's your mechanic. See, that's but wonderful. a doctor, especially when they're, when they're going was, to the, the pun clinic, that's no good. My mechanic was, uh, was a grunge rock bass player who also fixed Eddie Vedder's car. <laughs> and... Yep. Yep. And he, he one day retired on me and I was like, you can't retire. Yeah. And he said, I'm going to open a bar. Uh -huh. And I said, but I have a suburban that needs a guy like your guy who says, don't replace the fan belt and you should fix the radio. But here, but really what you need is, you know, like me to rebuild the top end. And then he, one day he retired and I said, well, surely you have to know. Somebody else that's still yeah, you're not allowed to leave without setting me up with somebody better. And he said, I don't know anyone. 
And oh, he's, I, like, he's like a lone wolf, huh? He's a lone wolf, and now mm. I'm screwed. Now I'm screwed, blued, and tattooed. Merle. Oh, dear. That's no good. But I'm seeing a psychologist now, and he just sits there for an hour and listens. And yeah. I, the first time I went in, I said, look, I podcast for a living. I'm used to talking. I talk to my friends about my problems, so I have no idea what I'm going to say to you that's any different. And I don't know why I'm here, frankly, except that I need to get my bipolar medicine and I've yeah, outgrown that's, my, uh, my My shrink and I still Zoom once a month because the medicine, the prescription that I have, like, you is requi- you're required to have, like, monthly check-ins. Yes. You know what I mean? But we, we, yep. mostly, we mostly end up talking about home automation. <laughs> that was I went into him and I was like some I got I can set I you up to. with him. I don't know if he's taking new people, but my guy'll just just sit there and he's well, he's pretty cool. And then then but then sometimes like his nuttiness comes out a little bit in a way that I find really gratifying. But he doesn't but he doesn't so... he doesn't even say how do you feel about that? He's not a therapist. I think my guy is a therapist. Mm-hmm. I've been going to him Every week, and I sit down in the because I go in person, and I sit down on the couch, and he goes, "What's been going on?" And mm-hmm. I start to go, "Well, this and that, and I'm a little bit about this, and I'm a little insecure about that, and this thing has been bothering me, and uh, this is uh, like a weighing on my mind." And then, uh, and he goes, "Hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then it's been an hour. Do you ever feel like he's? doing or thinking about something else maybe uh doing a crossword or something no 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 he's engaged he's like he's totally there does he get your jokes uh he does that's he, important i, I couldn't i couldn't i couldn't see a uh, an anybody who didn't get my jokes and i can tell i can tell he's a nerd and so oh, cool. it's a little bit like talking to somebody from the joko cruise that's like smart but but also not a hundred percent uh, like on my wavelength, but when I like say going to things, see Amy Mann every every month, yeah, a little bit. But when I but Amy Mann will actually say, "Oh, well, that's because mm-hmm. of this about your childhood," and she's okay. almost always wrong. Or maybe it's more like going to see Storm once a month. It's about going. It's exactly like going to see Storm. Oh my Storm god, Storm would be really good at that because you can tell he's smart and he yeah. could say more, but he doesn't. He's good at listening. That's right. Mm-hmm. And. But when I say something like, well, you know, this would not be popular to say, but I believe that it's true. He goes, "Mm, mm mm-hmm. And he doesn't, he doesn't recoil. Like he doesn't go, well, you can't say that in here. He doesn't go, no, no, no. He can't, he's got no, there's no element. And I know it's not that he's pretending. He's there and he's like, you know, yeah, I'm a, I'm a 59 year old guy and. (laughs) Believe you I, me. I also would periodically like to hear something like, eh, I've heard worse. That'd oh, he, nice. says, he says that to me all the time. No shit. Yeah, I might, I, I might I, want to get a second uh, psychiatrist, psychologist as, in this case. As I get up I from get the office. He said to me not very long ago, he was like, it's really great to talk to somebody who doesn't feel <clears> like <throat> they're on the absolute verge of exploding. And I'm like, Wow. Mm-hmm. Thank you. That's a that's actually a wonderful compliment. And he was like, "Yeah, I mean, you know, it's just it's a pleasure to sit and talk to you." That must be so stressful. I mean, as professional as as you would need to be or he would need to be, that's that still just must be so stressful to go. Oh no, my, you know, my nine fifteen is is that person. Ugh. Yeah, 
oh, I feel that for for him. Like, like I, I hope I, they're here, but I kind of hope they're not here. But if they're not here, I'll be worried that they're not why they're not here. And like, ugh, yeah, like that. I walk out and the next guy is balancing a switchblade on the tip of his finger, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> do, do that little knife game, like I'm like, oh no, I Bishop. I would go see Bishop. I think he'd be good listener. What? No. What about Ted Nugent? Are you done with Ted Nugent? Is that it? I don't. I. This is why I stay up at night to to read Google News. Tell me that Ted Nugent thinks that Eric Clapton's take Eric Clapton's song with Van Morrison didn't go <laughs> far enough in in being against vaxes or whatever. And I'm like, I stayed up to to one a.m. for this. Yes, right. But what's crazy is over the last three weeks. I've gotten to that 1 a.m. place. I've turned off the light and I've gone to sleep. I've woken up at 7 anyway. And I've gotten up out of bed and I've had a coffee and I've sat down and I started to work on something. And the John, next that's night. amazing. That night, I go to bed at 10 or 10.30. And, and you don't the, despise the dusk. No, and I have not. I don't toast the day before the twilight, and I don't despise the dust. Mm-hmm. The dusk. I hmm. don't ask the dust, and hmm. I get back. I can't on tell if that's you or T. S. Eliot or someone else. <laughs> ask the dust is John Fonte. Oh, um, uh, cur- don't, don't curse the day before the twilight is yeah. a Hungarian proverb. And oh, that's uh, a good one. What yeah. about you? Like that Polish one? Not my circus, not my monkeys. That's a good one too. That is a really good one. Not my circus. Not, not my, my circus. Monkey. Not my monkeys. I know Paul, another good. My friend Marcus says, own. "In life, sometimes in life, it's it's not your fault, but it's still your problem." I love that one. Oh, that happens all the time. Oh, all the time. The thing is, I yeah, I have never had basically. a problem where I didn't think it was my fault. Of course. That, that, that's, that's, now you you're losing some of the tidiness of that terrible broken logic. But yeah. on the other hand, you're also not, you know, uh, the, the, other, the show art this week is going to be an owl with a clock. Because every time you talk about your timepiece, I think of you looking like an owl. Mm. <laughs> but but you're, uh, but but that's good stuff Crunch, to give up. Lick, you, uh, one, a two, a three. <laughs> Mr. Owl. Uh, boy, that used to be on a lot. But it you was. sound, I, I don't want to curse the darkness with the sun or whatever, yeah. you know. There's twice yeah. the sun's done salutation. You know, I uh, you, sound, you sound good. Maybe the sleep is not bad for you. Maybe the timepiece uh, uh, change of mind is, not, is ch- attitude is is not bad. Maybe this is not bad. But there's a but there's a voice still that as I look out the window right now and go, ah, do I sound good? There's the voice that's like. Yeah, you sound good because you sound like someone who has surrendered unto. Oh, and now the you're middle. the necktie guy. I've surrendered unto the comfortable middle. Oh. I'm now I now I own a piece of property and I'm sitting somewhere and I'm like, boy, the taxes are sure ravine. high. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and 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 what's that? I, I hear the voice. Uh, I hear the voice of Yoken saying, "Well, you used to do interesting things, but now it seems like you watch a lot of television." And I'm like, ah, I can't. Yeah, but again, I'm going to quote myself. Uh, it, it, it's it's nice and it's laudable in life to get better. And mm-hmm. feel free to disagree. But I, I do honestly feel that, that before you can get better, you have to stop getting worse. And it sounds like you stopped getting worse. Right? Yeah. Are you there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I thought yeah. I lost you or you maybe 
had done some self harm. I just mean no, in the sense of I was like thinking. you give your you don't even you don't even want the white ribbon. You don't want a ribbon. You don't want to open the diploma because it might be a diploma. What I'm saying to you is that like hey, just because you're not a thousand percent exactly how you have decided you need to be, if you're less the way you prefer not to be, that's still forgive my saying a little bit of a victory. I, I know you I, won't savor it, but I will. I think what's I think what's influencing it is I've been. I've been writing every morning in my book about my walk, which has been an albatross around my neck now for 22 years. Yeah, yeah. This book that I was that I that I wanted to finish in in 2001, that I should have finished in 2006 or whatever, all the shoulds, mm-hmm. and I'm still working on it. After almost everybody in my life has told me, you know what, just move on, write a new book, write something else, like get away from this thing because it's a, because it's a drag. It's a 450 page drag. It's a millstone. And it isn't but, like you hadn't made progress. You had made project. It wasn't, as they say, done. Yeah. And that was, it's, wasn't that part of it? Cause like, I feel like I remember 150 pages, but like long. 15 years ago, you were like, I just need to finish this one section on Romania. Yeah, that's right. Well, I don't know if that's it's, accurate or not, but no, you, it is. you've had, it's you've made progress accurate. on this. A ton. Okay. And I'm, I'm working on it again, and I'm enjoying it very much. But what I'm realizing is that all of these, these attitudes and these like polemics that I've felt like have been new in my life in the last seven years, like in 2015, something changed. 2016, you remember when Twitter went from being really fun to really awful yeah. in the space of... I remember of, all the times it did that. Yeah, in the space of nine months, it was just like, wait a minute, I don't have that strong a feeling about Bernie yeah, Sanders took, that I want to scream at you about it. It took years for reality to catch up with how I wanted it to be. In, in the yeah. sense of like, yeah, well, I want this to be the way I used to feel about it, where this is a source of lightness and friendship. And like, yeah. I, then why am I still here? Well, because I haven't caught up with the idea that this is a, a pit. But all of the things that I've been saying, all the, you know, all of the screeds that I've been rehearsing as I drive in and out of town where I'm like, you know what the thing is there? Oh, the problem is Mm -hmm. I'm reading this book that I wrote in 1999 and I'm saying exactly the same things about contemporary life in the 90s. You know, the thing about it is. How does that feel? Well, at first, I, it was, I, would, I would think that's kind of cool. I think that would feel good to me, but does it feel good to you? Well, it was a shock. Hmm. It was a shock because I had... You thought it was a different world, and so you had a different feeling about it, you guessed? Yeah. Four months ago, I wrote <clears throat> a 15-page thing about whatever, life. And, you know, and, and a lot of it is, is, is a knock-on effects of being dad. I'm always processing, like, I'm out now, I'm... I've been rejected. I'll never be invited back. And how, and now what does that mean? Am I free to just say whatever I want? No, it doesn't feel like that. Mm -mm. Am I, what am I? Am I at one, at one key level, I feel that I am liberated, but in a big way, I, I'm still in exile. I'm ostracized. Mm-hmm. And I write this 15-page thing well, that's whether or not influenced you wanna, by that. Whether or not you want to be at a given place, knowing you're not allowed to go there feels weird. Yeah, oh, you're, yeah, weird. You know what I mean? That you're not welcome there. But also, you know, like, I'm. It's not, it's not just that. It's like, well, what if I wanted to go to a, uh, un, uh, like a, a benefit auction yeah. for a, a local 
uh, cause. Is somebody going to come up to me and say something? I don't know. I have zero idea how canceled I am. I have no, I have no idea because I'm not in a world where I would know. I don't put a thing on Twitter and then get replies of any kind. Um, if I put something up there every once in a while, somebody's like, welcome back. And I'm like, what? No, but, but so I write this 15 page thing and then a month later I start working on this book. I get three days into it and I read a, a, a four page thing that's almost in the same language, hmm. the same words about how alienated I feel from the world of 1999. Hmm. And Merlin, it did, it felt weird at first, but then it did feel kind of spooky. Mm-hmm. But I mean, talk good. about it. Talk about integrity. And I, when I use that word, I don't mean in terms of your your brand and your consistency. I mean it in terms of your your wholeness. Mm-hmm. Integrity mm-hmm. in the sense of like this glass has integrity because it's not broken. It wasn't broken in 1999. And it's not broken now. Eventually, it will break, and it won't have that same integrity. I think there's something really rewarding about going. Wow, I've been me for a long time, and that's not terrible. That's right. I've been me for a long time. I've lived. 22 more years after having written that mm-hmm. and and uh, unaware that my attitudes and perceptions ha- are constant or consistent yeah and what do I what do I what do I do with that like I, I in a way <laughs> should I, I be kinda, worried about this <laughs> well in a way maybe I can take these things and put them to bed maybe I don't have to keep making this argument mm-hmm because maybe I and and I, I mean argument to myself. Maybe I can go. Yes, this is. These are my feelings. I no longer have to come up with a justification for them all the time, every day. Right. But the, I still can't um, say them I, aloud. I, I still can't. I still can't oh, write I know them down that. Well, that's. Them anywhere. I mean, I I can't decide what. I feel the same way, and I'm not sure what part of that I should feel bad about, if any. But, like, you know, it's not like I really want to use that. I've been writing again, too. Oh, and I, what? Yeah, this, the, the thing I told you about, the Wisdom Project. This is writing oh, yeah, down yeah, all yeah, the good right. advice I've ever heard. Right, um, right. That's um, But, like, even though it's a different kind of thing than I've done a lot in the past, I, 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 sorry, I didn't mean that as a plug, but just in the sense of, like, it's so nice to disappear into something for a little while and to get to do it like kind of on my own terms, which I don't know, maybe that sounds weird to even say that because you know what writing isn't on your terms. Well, writing that's you know for a deadline and money you've already accepted, for example. But like I like that I can just say like, oh, it's four o'clock. I'm going home at five fifteen. I'm gonna go do that for an hour and see if anything comes out. Yeah. But like I think you're doing it in a real good way, especially because this month's just a bunch of bullets. But I love that idea. I used to really enjoy getting up at a decent hour before the family got up and working on it and. I don't know. There's just something nice about writing in the morning. And then you feel less like a piece of shit mid-morning. Yeah, that's right. I, 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 halfway through the day, I'm like, well, shit, I earned my Well, I, even if you didn't do the greatest work you've ever done. But like just having a thing that you're doing, I, I imagine this is how people feel when they work out. Like, I don't yeah. know. But mm, it's, it's, know. A nice fe- it's a nice feeling. Rari raggy. Well, I, I meant to ask you that. I, yes. I thought about this two days ago because I'm writing and – and and some of my friends that have written, 
you know, Ken has written 15 books, but like Hodgman, those guys my, that my daughter, books, that's how my daughter knows Ken, knows Ken. is from his yeah, books. His, yeah. His amazing books. His kids books. But yeah. like, I don't feel at liberty anymore to write Hodgman and say, what's it like to write? Mm-hmm. But before, when you were writing your book, before it became a drag, mm-hmm. before it became a thing that you hated, yeah, did you enjoy it? I mean, the it's. I, I mean, I, I don't mean to problematize that question, but I liked writing all the stuff that made people want me to write a book. Like writing yes. for the my website was really fun a lot of the yeah. time. It got you can stressful. tell you can tell because the yeah. writing is fun. You're you're so well. In this, fun I'll send you this thing. thing. It's just on GitHub, but um, it's it, it um yes, absolutely, it can be fun. It's just you know, I forget whether I said it here. If I haven't said it here, I should say it here. I think a lot of I don't know if I'll say success, but a lot of non failure uh, in adult life is getting out of your way. I think it's really true, especially also of adolescents. Adolescents have no idea how much they are in their own way and how much they are working at cross purposes with what they think they want, what they think they want to be. And like, it's so nice to get out of your own way. And in my case, like, I feel fortunate because this is a style of writing that I like and I think I'm good at. Um, my trouble with the book in just, I mean, a lot, I have lots of troubles with writing the book, but one of the biggest ones was... It's, it would be unfair for me to sort of blame it on my editor or my agent, the publisher, because it wasn't their fault. They were very cool with, with like, whatever you want to do is fine. Just do it. Um, you know, we want to put out a Merlin Man book. Go write a Merlin Man book. But I kept getting in my own way because of – how do I put this? Because of, like, what I thought the book needed to be. And then when I when I would just scratch a little bit at what I thought it needed to be, it kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And doing anything but that bigger book felt – like a disloyalty to the reader and to me we're like oh but like I, it's got to be about more than email and they'd be like that's fine so yeah yeah but like because email is really about uh, is about anxiety and indecision and incompletion and then i go oh wait a minute uh, that's a really cool array i can work out this thing where like your inbox and like i felt really smart to go like oh here's the thing an inbox email or otherwise is about incompletion about indecision, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, but I kept broadening the scope, and the more I would broaden the scope, the more that I'd get frustrated and feel like I had to go start over. But to answer your question, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a not that funny bit that lots of people make as a bit, but it's nice. I think it's fun to have written, but I also think it's really fun to write. Yeah. It takes me away from MSNBC and Twitter and, like, whatever noise is happening outside. Like, it's... Is a is a, a writing whatever it is you're writing, and one of the pieces of advice in the wisdom document is try to write one paragraph of something every day, no matter yeah. what it's about. Yeah. It could be a journal, it could be whatever, it could be a the letter to the editor, or you know, I don't know, you cut letters out of magazines. But I also like that I like doing it. If I like the project, I like what I'm doing. I mean, nobody's putting a gun to my head, right. you know, and I I think. You know, there will reach this may reach a stage where I go to the next level of what I want to do with this, and that does get complicated. But if anything, I'm really, as I said to Syracuse, we did a whole episode about this. I'm really proud of myself for rejecting a lot of the for noticing and rejecting a lot of the attractive nuisances that have screwed me up in the past and just say, nope, this is just about, you know, uh, 
what Annie Lamont has called uh, and Bird by Bird calls the shitty first draft. Like, just just move your fingers, make the clacking noise, just have yeah, get the get the stuff down. So no, I mean, like it was all process and stepping on my own dick stuff with the book, and it was a horrible time, and I really regret the way that I handled it. But yeah, it is fun, and I like I, you know, I think part of it was I had a false sense of. Um, progress because i went into it with forty five thousand words just about email mostly right right but then it's like okay well that's great like you can buy thousands of dollars worth of you know dried powdered you know um spices at, at like a whole foods but like that does not guarantee a good meal like no matter how much you've got there it, you could even extend that i've got all the best ingredients in the world but i don't know how to i don't know how to make this particular kind of meal Right, you know, the, 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 in my numerous postmortems about this postmorta about this, one of the things I realized is that I, when I was writing for the web, I feel like I had my greatest successes and enjoyed the most writing somewhere between fifteen hundred and like four thousand words. Yeah, and if that's the way that I became something like a writer in public. Taking that and then becoming 50, 60, 70,000 words, that's a real different kind of thing and required thinking, I don't know, well, whatever made me think I'd be able to just do that like it was the same kind of thing. Sorry, now you're my therapist. How does that make you no. feel? No, I mean, I. You should enjoy I, uh, it. It's fun. Yeah, I, I, I love what you, you just said. And, and, and I do think that my mental health is so much better writing a little bit every day than it was when I wasn't. And I, and I credit waking up in the morning because it's giving me time to do it, but it's the writing every day that is, that's making me feel, uh, like I did something like I'm like proud, you know, like I did a thing, you know, yeah. if you ask me, what did you do yesterday? And I go, uh, I ate a Parmesan that sucked and I <laughs> sat in the bath and then I stayed up till five in the morning. Again, to quote Annie Lamont, it's this jukebox that plays the greatest hits of your personal failure. <laughs> yeah. I, I wake up now and I'm, or I go to sleep now and somebody says, what did you do today? And I go, well, I wrote 2,500 words and then I ate a Parmesan and then I, <laughs> I earned it. <laughs> and then yeah, and I fucking earned that Parmesan. You kidding me? Yeah, it was cold in the middle. I don't care. I'm going to bed. <laughs> and by the way, by yeah. the way. Yeah. We talked about Richard Winfield Garnett, the, the, the lawyer, the uh, uh, going places gang. Lawyer who... Oh, right. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, right. Who needed to read up on it. Uh-huh. Well, apparently he listens to the show. Oh, shit. No. Yeah. Did you... Oh, no. what is... Well, shoot. What do we do? Do we do any damage control? Fuck. With it. Imagine within, how weird that would be for, for the council. Imagine within how weird hour, that would be. Within an hour, he sent an email to no. all of my... All of our friends oh, from high school. Oh, my God. And he was like... With a link to the show. And he was like, guess what? Oh, shit. <sighs> and the only thing that's, that, that saved me is that Rick has no idea how to link to a podcast. That's and all that also, saves us from, from and the And also, yeah. none of our mutual friends have any idea how to click on a link or have ever listened to a podcast. Oh so Rick was like, God. check this out. And then there were four replies that were like, I clicked on it, but nothing happened. Good. And then somebody else was like, "My father doesn't love me," and 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 it was gone. It was like, it was gone. You know, tears and rain. You, maybe you should have rain. him on one of your other programs. 
Oh, what a good idea, Merlin. You do that. You, you do that. You have people on your other programs. And, and maybe, uh, is it uh, Richard, did you say? Yeah, Richard Winford, Winfield Garnett the third, as he likes to say, although mm-hmm. he's really the second. You should, you should or no, see, he used to say the fourth. Well, he, I'm sure he would be. Well, I'm but sure you'd be, be on his podcast. I don't think he has Above the Law. Uh, Above the well, Law. What no. a great podcast title, Merlin. It's probably Write already a down. podcast. Above the Law. Yeah, it's not. It's, it's no world's worst super glue. <laughs> <laughs>